0: (laughs) Come on, be honest. Dad to pastor jokes. (laughs) Morning. Morning. Come on. Good morning. Morning. There you go. Let's wake up and find some joy. You've been walking the same old road, miles and miles. All the things we know just ain't right. There's a bay-
1: Guys, all right. Welcome to CrossBridge this morning. I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to be back. It was a nice two weeks off. I miss you guys. I miss you guys. Mike did a great job filling in, and I'm just glad to be here this morning to worship our Lord and Savior with you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then uh, and we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, just for today that we could gather here, Lord, to worship you. And I'm excited about our announcement time this morning, just the, the awesome things we have coming up in the next uh, few weeks, and. Closing on the women's house uh, on Tuesday. And just so many things to give you praise and glory over and to pray for. And uh, that we're going to be able to reach more people. And I'm thankful for the salvations that have happened in this uh, church this week. And uh, excited about baptism today. And Lord, I just have a joyous heart. I'm thankful to be here. And in all things, God, we want to give you the praise and glory. We want to preach your word. We want to sing to you. In everything we do, we want you to be glorified and honored. It's in your name I do pray this morning, Lord. Amen. Take a couple minutes and welcome everyone.
2: we mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you.
0: you ever chose me it's always been a mystery all my the World to see nobody but Jesus. For oh, the world to see nobody but Jesus. Not just to Jesus, living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus.
1: All right, thank you guys, you may be seated this morning. Got a few announcements to cover. Uh, no men's Bible study uh, tonight, fellas, no men's Bible study tonight. Uh, so, I uh, just have a lot of guys that are going be going different places and whatnot, so no men's Bible study tonight. Tuesday. Tuesday is a huge day uh, for the church. Uh, At 2 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, the freeway board, Marshville Freeway Board, is going to be closing, signing the papers and closing on the new Women's Freeway Discipleship House. So we will get the keys, yep. Yep, we're going to get the keys uh, uh, Tuesday afternoon. That all being said... Um, There's going to be some work that needs to be done in August. Not major stuff, I don't think, but uh, a new floor. We're going to put in some new flooring. So be ready. Be looking for some announcements on some church work days. Uh, I don't have a problem asking. Maybe you love this ministry. You love the Women's Freeway Ministry. And you know how to put in flooring and would love to donate your time. Come see me, Mike, or Kim uh, maybe you want to sponsor that and buy the flooring. We're going to look for vinyl plank, commercial grade vinyl plank flooring to put in the house. If you'd like to buy the flooring for the house, come see us. We don't have a problem with that if you'd like to do that. But it's an exciting thing. We're going to have our first lady coming uh, to the to the, the house uh, the end of August. So we're going to have about three or four weeks to get ready. I already have couple of young men ready going to work on the outside of the house and the lawn care and all that. And so uh, that's been taken care of. So here's the deal. You have an opportunity to use the gifts and talents that God's given you. If you have those, come see us. Come see us. Please come see us. I um, want to remind you uh, today after the morning service, we have baptism. It's always an exciting thing. We get to go to the river. Baptism is the last Sunday of every month. Uh, so we have, I believe, four people to baptize today. It's at Greer Creek. So easy way to get to Greer Creek, go out W Highway, stay on W, go about six and a half miles. After you pass Mission Home Church, Greer Creek is right there on the left. It's a paved road. Take Greer Creek down, follow it down to the river at the bridge. We got some rain yesterday, so I think we're going to be good to go on uh, baptism uh, down at the river after the morning service. If you have questions about baptism... Please come and see me or Mike or one of our elders. We want to talk to you about that. Uh, You'll get to have a meeting uh, with us. And it's a fun meeting. It just talks about the gospel. But we just don't let people sign up for baptism and baptize them without them knowing what's going on. So um, sign up for that or or come and see us more, I should say. come uh, Come up and see us. Then this afternoon, ladies, you have a pool party, women's pool party at our house from 3 to 6, our house is, after we know the baptism, if you keep going down Greer Creek, it's the last house on the right. Uh, so ladies, swim party at our house, 3 to 6, 18 years and older, bring a snack to share is what it says. So uh, any questions about that, please see Selena. From, it's from 3 to 6 today. A couple of things coming up in August. Uh, yesterday, I know a lot of the freeway guys went on a float trip down to Eminence, Missouri on the river. We took, uh, with Dustin and Rachel, a bunch of the college uh, career class and young adults down to the James River. And we had so much fun, I, I told Selene, I said, we should do this as a church, just if anyone wants to go. So, and we'll we'll hang out and visit, it's a five mile float, it's easy it's just it was so much fun uh we're gonna go this week about how to sign up so you would have to sign up for the 8 a.m time uh we need to get, get to know approximate number uh, but it's going to be on saturday august 19th at 8 a.m on the james river so any questions come and see me about that and we'll get some more information in the the coming uh weeks about that uh move up sunday We are going to do Move Up Sunday. So what Move Up Sunday is, if your child is going into 7th grade, they go into youth group. I know we have several. Uh, We were going to do Move Up Sunday next Sunday, but I got in trouble because Sierra's like, I want to have a party for the kids that are going to be moving up from children's department. So we're going to do Move Up Sunday, August 27th. Sunday, August 27th is Move Up Sunday uh, for the kids that are going to be moving up. Last thing, shower trailer uh, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays at, at uh, 9.15 a.m. at Freeway Headquarters, they have the shower ministry that Mike's running. If you want to help with that, please come. If you've never been, I've been one time for like an hour, but really didn't do a whole lot because I was there for at uh, Freeway Headquarters for other reasons. Tuesday, me and my family are going to go. So if you've never went and you want to tag along with us, come up with us. Uh, It'll be a great day. I'm excited about getting to go do that Tuesday. Uh, And then we do have our freeway service every Saturday night at 5.30, dinner at 5.30, and the service at 6. Women's ministry announcements real quick. Uh, There's the swim party and no women's coffee this week. So I think we got all that covered. So anything else on announcements? Nope. Okay. If you would, please stand this morning and let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship today before we jump into God's word together. So let's bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, again, I'm thankful, uh, God, to be here today, Lord, to preach your word and to worship with my brothers and sisters here today. And so as we uh, take up our morning offering, Lord, I, I pray that you bless it and use it to further your kingdom right here in Marshfield and around the world Uh, Lord and, And it is an act of worship as we give back to you. We want to give you our best, God. And we want to give cheerfully and joyfully. That's what you've commanded us to do. And so, God, just take it and bless it. Be with us today as we worship you, Lord, and we preach your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
0: The song.
1: All right, all the kids, uh, second grade and below, can go downstairs to the Children's Church if they would like to. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis 15. I want you to please remain standing. We want to honor God's Word together as we read it. Then you'll get to set for a little while, okay? I promise. Genesis 15. So before I went on vacation, we started this, uh, we've been going through Really important historical figures of the Old Testament. And we started Abraham. And today, I'll do a quick recap here in a minute. But this is Abraham part 2 is where we're at. Abraham has a whole bunch of chapters in the book of Genesis about Abraham. So we're Abraham part 2. Genesis 15 verses 1 through 6. We're going to start there this morning. Genesis 15, 1 through 6. It says this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision... Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and, it ca- and he counted it to him as righteousness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for the story of Abraham. And, and, and there's a reason why it's here. And you brought about yourself to die for us through the lineage of Abraham. Through the nation of Israel. And so Lord, we worship you today because you were willing to set aside uh, set aside your authority as God and, and to live a perfect life uh, as God in flesh for us and go to the cross and die for us. And so Lord, we worship you today for that. Uh, Lord, today we're going to talk about a subject that I, Lord, I don't feel very adequate at all preaching this sermon uh, because I struggle with this and I, I'm sure there are others that do, but patience. Uh, Lord I, and so Lord, I just pray this morning you give me the words and it not be mine but that it's yours and that you get all the praise and glory. it's in your name, I pray. amen. you may be seated. So we did uh, last couple weeks as I said guys, we enjoyed kind of getting away in the summer and I am excited to get back after it. Uh, yesterday we had that young adult float trip in the morning and then I came back and had the opportunity to preach freeway last night, which I just love doing uh, and i'm I'm blessed to be back here with you all this morning and uh, getting to share God's word and bringing the word. And I really appreciate Mike, uh, really do, and his leadership that he brought over the last couple of weeks and, and brings all the time to this church. But I want to pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago with Abraham. It says Abram uh, in our passage. God does change his name to Abraham later on, so I'm going to refer him to Ab- as Abraham. But if you remember uh, that when we talked a couple of weeks ago, God called Abraham with a purpose. When he called him, he had a purpose. And Abraham ultimately becomes a mighty nation and has blessed all nations by bringing about who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is, is uh, born of Mary and he's from the lineage of Abraham, came from the nation of Israel. And so God, God had a purpose For Abraham and absolutely brothers and sisters God has a purpose for you there's a reason why you're here there's there's a reason why you're serving in this local body and maybe you're not a member of this church but uh, you're my brother or sister and you're here this morning you've professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're looking for a church to join and serve at he has given you gifts and talents that you can use for the kingdom that you can store up treasure in heaven Every single person that has professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior and believed on him and been saved has gifts for the kingdom. And so I encourage you that He is He has a purpose for your life and He has a purpose for you being here. That's the first thing we talked about. The second thing, we we saw the the amount of mercy and grace that God showed Abraham. If you remember. Abraham lied when he came into Egypt about Sarah and his wife. And he told the Egyptians that it was actually his sister. And God sent plagues upon Pharaoh. And and instead of punishing Abraham for that, he showed him great mercy and grace. And I think about the many times that we... We'll do the same thing. We think, we think of Abraham, we think about that story, and we think, why in the world would he have done that? How could he do that? But how many times do we not trust God in our own life? And instead of taking us out, he shows us grace, and he shows us mercy exactly like he did with Abraham. So in chapters 13 and 14, we see, uh, if you go back and read those, that A- Abraham grows in wealth, him and his nephew Lot. And they have to separate, actually, because their flocks are so huge. They have so much property and so many animals, and they have to separate. And there was war. Where Lot went, there was war. And Lot and it was taken captive, him and his whole family. And you see that Abraham took men and went after and rescued Lot. Uh, We would also read about in chapter 14 that Abraham being blessed in chapter 14 by uh, King Melchizedek. He was the priest of God Most High. He was the priest of God Most High. So uh, I fast forward through that, not because I I didn't want to preach through it, but this just really jumped out to me uh, in this text and and, in the next text in Genesis 16. We see that Abraham is struggling He's worrying about not having children. He's like, God, you told me that you were going to make me into a great nation, but I don't have any kids. How's this going to happen? What's going to, how's this going to work? And and God had made this covenant with him, and we see him make the covenant again. We see him make this covenant that he's going to make him into a, a, a great nation, and now he's, there's nothing, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. And Abraham's like, what in the world is going on? Uh, And and God even even reassures him uh, in our text in verse 5. And it says that Abraham believed God. He believed him. And at the close of chapter 15, Abraham goes into this deep sleep. And God promises him again in the deep sleep that he's going to give him great lands. And he's going to make him into a great nation. Now if you turn over one page and you go to chapter 16... And it's really about what I'm going to talk about today. And it's one word, patience. And I want to tell you guys, I want to be completely transparent with you at all times. I feel like I should not be preaching this sermon today. Because if there's something that I struggle with in my life, it is being patient. When, when, when I see something or I want to get something done, I, a lot of times I'll just charge forward and want to get it done and let's go. And I have, at, at times, folks, I have problems waiting and being patient. Uh, On the Lord. And so I really don't feel adequate this morning preaching this. But uh, I figure if I struggle with patience, there may be somebody out there that struggles with patience too. So we're in the same boat together, okay? So Genesis 16, 1-4. I want to read to you uh, what happens here. It's in 16, 1-4. It says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, The Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in in to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with content on her mistress." And Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to you be on me. I gave you my servant to embrace. And when she saw that she conceived, she looked at me with content. May the Lord judge between you and me. So what do we have here? We we see that God has promised Abraham, I'm going to make you into a mighty nation, that this mighty nation is going to be your son. Your son. Abram or Abraham has a problem with what? Patience. He doesn't want to wait. So they take matters into their own hands. And, and, and it really, it, I'm not trying to be too hard on them. This isn't really surprising. Much like us many times, instead of being patient and waiting on the promises that God has for us as believers, we try to take things into our own hands and accomplish them. And so what do Abraham and Sarah do? They try to accomplish God's promise on their own. They're anxious, they're not patient, and they don't want to wait on God. And I'll tell you, guys, this morning, that's 100% me sometimes. I'm not patient. I totally get them here. Today, I want to encourage us to wait on God. Wait on His timing. Wait on His timing. Over and over in Scripture, we see this word, patient, used. In fact, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, it's one of the fruits of us being identified as a follower of Christ. In Galatians 5, and 23, we see the uh, list of the fruits of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So when we become a follower of Christ, this is an example of God working in our life, fruit in our life, that we are patient Patience reveals our faith in God's timing. It affirms that God is in control. He is the authority. It also affirms our love when we're patient with God, that we're showing that we trust Him and we love Him. When we think about this word, though, most of the time we think about it meaning passive or a gentle tolerance. But most of the Greek words in the New Testament are actually translated patience, are active words. Here's an example. Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and run, let us run with endurance, or, King James Version, patience, the race that is set before us. So let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So the word uh, here means a, a Christian runs with patience by what? Persevering through trials and difficulties. In scripture, this word patience literally means enduring trials. Waiting for a, a promise to be fulfilled. That's what we see with Abraham and Sarah. They needed patience for what God's promise Of a son to be born. Instead, what did they do? They took matters into their own hands. Instead of being patient and trusting. And it said that Abraham said uh, he believed God. He believed him and he counted as righteous. But instead of, even though he believed God and he was counted as righteous for that, he still wanted to insert himself into the equation to try to get the problem solved. Listen guys, God doesn't need us to fix it. He wants us to trust him. He wanted Abraham and Sarah just to trust him. This isn't, listen, this isn't something also that I can say that's cultivated overnight. Patience is something that grows with us as we become more and more Christ-like in our behavior. We grow in our sanctification. We become more Christ-like every day. We trust him more. We put our faith in him more. It's it's God who grows the patience in us. How does he do that though? How does he grow our patience? By trials, by tribulations, by going through things. The more that we endure, the more that we wait on him. Turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James 1, 3 through 4. It says this, it says, James 1 3 through 4. It says, let's start with verse 2 actually. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when we are enduring trials, what happens? We grow in our trust of God. Abraham learned this. He grew from this. And I don't want to just hammer Abraham this morning at all. Because in the end, he is honored as being somebody who says what about him? In Hebrews 6.15, it's amazing that he did this and then he learned from it. And then what what does it say in Hebrews 6.15? It says, "...and thus Abraham, having patiently waiting, obtained the promise." So he grew from this. Just because you're impatient sometimes doesn't mean you can't grow from it and learn to be patient with God. How do we obtain this patient endurance that we can endure through trials? You ever just go through something and you just wish, man, I wish I, wish I was in heaven. I don't want to go through this anymore. I long for heaven. I mean, I, listen, I love life. I love life. I love my family. I love this church. But there are times when you just think, if you think about heaven enough, you think, man, it's going to be great one day to not have any problems. And there's no sin. There's no sickness. It's going to be perfect. Listen, we, I don't want to get ahead of God we don't want to get ahead of God and get to heaven too soon until it's our time, right? So we patiently endure and we serve him. That may be a bad analogy. I don't know. But how do we how, how do we obtain this patient endurance? Well, we see from Abraham, and most importantly, we see the answers to that from the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's how we, we obtain this patient endurance. Number one. This should be a characteristic of every single follower of Christ. Be thankful. Thankfulness. An attitude of gratitude. Of being thankful. Usually, what is our first reaction when we're going through something? When we're going through a struggle or a trial, what is our first reaction? Why me? Why me, God? Why is this happening to poor, pitiful me? But the Bible says we, our first reaction should be something else. It says that we should rejoice in God's will. Philippians 4.4. 4, I love this verse. You know what it says? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Always. When is always? You know like when you're fighting with, Mike knows this, being a professional counselor, when you're going through counseling with someone, and you're, uh, or even your own spouse, there are certain words that you're not supposed to use when you're fighting. Right? Like, never. You never pick up your clothes. Okay. I'm sure there's times when I pick up my clothes. So if Selena was to say, you never pick up your clothes, would that be a truthful statement? No. No. Or... You always are are after me for not picking up my clothes, honey. Would that be a truthful statement? No, because I'm sure there's times she picks up my clothes without having to say without saying anything to me about it. So you don't use you intentionally don't use words like never and always. But they use the word always here. He for a point, for a reason to say we should rejoice in the Lord always. That includes times of trouble. That includes trials and tribulations. Listen, honestly, guys, it's easy to be joyful when things are going good. It's easy to be happy and excited when life's good. It's another thing to be joyful when you're going through a trial. That's when our patient endurance grows in the Lord. It's when you become an example the Apostle Paul, where he says, I've learned to be content in every situation. Whether I have a bunch or I have little, I've learned to find my contentment in who, he says? Christ. You learn to be contentment in, have contentment in Christ. Here's the second thing. First one's be thankful. Here's the second one. What's his purpose? I want to seek his purpose. We talked about this in part one a whole bunch. God has a plan for each and every one of us. What is his purpose for our lives? Remember we talked about this. To worship Him, to worship the Lord, to serve Him, to love Him, and to enjoy Him. Enjoy what He has given us. Enjoy. Have fun. Sometimes God puts us in difficult situations in life so we can be a witness for Him. So we can share about Him. Other times he, He gives us difficult situations so we do grow in that sanctification. We grow in that trust of Him. And then finally, what is his purpose for our life? To worship him, to love him, to have fun, to, to be happy, to be joyful. Listen, I'll tell you, many Christians get a bad rap over this, and sometimes maybe we just deserve it. But they call us fun killers, or Christians don't want to have fun. Man, guys, I have fun in life. I want to enjoy Christians should be the life of the party. Now, the proper party, don't get me wrong, but have fun. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun. Enjoy life. Be the life of the party. Have a good time. Be joyful because you have the keys to life. So enjoy God. Enjoy His creation. Here's the third thing. This is important. I have to remember His promises. What didn't Abraham do? Somewhere between chapter 15 and chapter 16, Abraham forgot what God had promised him. If he hadn't have forgotten it, Abraham would have said, Whoa, honey, I'm not married to that woman. And God told me, God told me, He promised me that my children were going to be as numerous as the stars in the heaven. I believe Him. We're not doing that route. Somewhere along the line, Abraham forgot that promise. Romans 8.28 says this, For we know that those who love God All things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. What is the all things in that verse? What is the all things? That includes the very things that try our patience. When those things are happening and we are growing in the Lord, then the fruit of the Spirit of patience grows in our lives. The fruit of patience only comes through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit produces patience in us, what is he doing? He is making us more Christ-like. He's making, into, uh, making us appear to be more like Jesus. When I think of patience, I said, "Who's the example? Jesus is the example. He's the ultimate example. Think about his patience. Hebrews 12, uh, Hebrews 10, 12 through 13, excuse me. It says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. God is a patient person. He is a patient God. He is patient. I think about, when I think about Jesus and being patient, I was thinking about this this week and I thought, man, what's a, what's a better example than this? I think about Jesus on the road to Calvary. He's headed for the cross. The patience that he had in seeing the Father's plan through. Did Jesus know for his entire life that he was going to go to the cross and die? Yes, he did. He knew through his entire ministry, Judas was going to betray him. You know the night before Jesus is betrayed? What did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. He fed them a meal. Guess who was there? Judas. Judas. He was patient. I think about when Jesus is being arrested. Jesus is being arrested. And Peter, what's old fireball Peter do? Whips out his sword. And he cuts off the high priest's servant's ear. What does Jesus say? He says, put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. And he says this, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? You know, at any time, Jesus could have said, they're not worth it. They're not worth it. And just snapped his fingers. And 12 legions of angels could have came and wiped them all out. Every one of them. He endured that. Remember, patience is endurance. He endured the cross for what? For us. For us. Jesus had the authority and the power to exercise judgment on those who were arresting him. On those who didn't believe. But he was patient. He was long-suffering for us. Guys, patience is a characteristic of Jesus. It's a characteristic of God. Is is he any less patient today? No way. Think about how God is patient with sinners. Romans 2.4 says this, Or do you not presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? You know the only reason why God's patient with us is because he wants us to be saved. He's patient Romans uh, 9.22 says, What is God, desiring to show His wrath and to make known His power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Who are vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Lost people. Anybody who hasn't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's being patient with them. Do we deserve, do they deserve punishment and wrath? Yes. We all do. We all do. And the only reason we're not destroyed or they're not destroyed before our salvation was God's patience. That's it. That's it. The only reason. 2 Peter 3.15 says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation. His patience with us, even though we don't deserve it. God is patient, giving people an opportunity to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us that. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, Who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? That's patience. That's God. If you're lost this morning, last night we have freeway service. We share the gospel on Saturday night. Our service is set to share the gospel to a lost and dying world. You know, the only reason why he allows lost people to hear the message is so they can be saved. He's being patient. He's being kind and loving and patient. Why is God patient? Because he desires all people to be saved. The opposite of patience is what? Agitation, discouragement, a desire for revenge. God requires his followers to live in peace, trusting in him. Listen, this is a practical message in our lives. Here's, here's my example. I think about a practical uh, example. I, I think of this. There's many, but I thought of this. really stuck out. About six years ago, the company that I worked for in my full-time job, it sold. And I had been talking to our elders for quite a while about starting my own company possibly. And um, when it sold, I made the decision that weekend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on my own. And I called the boss, and I resigned over the phone. And I started getting it going. And guys, I was physically ill all weekend. I mean, I was sick. Throwing up sick. Like I was going to have a heart attack. Like, I mean, I was physically ill. Because guess what I didn't do? I heard my company was selling. It was a good opportunity. Go out on your own. Did I pray about it? Nope. Did I seek any counsel about it? Nope. I just rushed the machine gun nest. Let's get it going. Let's start it. And God was patient with me that he made me physically ill that weekend. And I had no peace about it at all. None. So after that weekend, called on like a Wednesday or Thursday and I'd resigned. I called that Monday and I said, hey, can I have my job back? I "I quit. And they said, of course. Yeah, we want you to stay. and so I did. Fast forward. God took care of me. Fast forward four years, I decided again, after talking to our elders and praying and taking time and waiting, four years go by, I decided again to go out on my own, and God gave me so much peace about it, you can't even understand. And it's worked since day one. The minute I did it, it's worked. Because what did I have to do? It was in His timing. I had to wait on him. It was in his timing. You know what? When I did that, I slept like a baby at night. I wasn't sick. It was perfect timing. I had to be patient. Here's the last verse. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, now, that same patience that God has shown me in my life, I can now show others. I can be patient with people. When they may deserve a punishment for sinning against me, or they inconvenience me, I can be patient. Now listen, here's the final thing. I'm going to have our worship team come. Are there consequences for not being patient? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were there consequences for Abraham? Yeah. Yeah. If you go uh, in Genesis 16, you keep reading it. Sarah has a young son. Anybody know his name? Ishmael. Ishmael. You go look up today. Who is an ancestor of Ishmael? Muhammad. The nation of Islam traces their lineage all the way back to Hagar and Ishmael. And now what? They become the Ishmaelites, enemies of Israel, all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture. Was that a consequence of him not waiting and being patient? Yeah. Are there consequences for us? Yeah. It doesn't work out. It doesn't go to plan. Maybe we're physically ill. It doesn't doesn't work out. Because we aren't trusting fully in God. Here's how I want to close this morning. I want to close with this. God is patient with us because He doesn't want us to perish. But I want to say this morning that one day, one day, folks, that patience is going to run out. One day that's going to run out. You know how that runs out? You go to eternity or He comes back. So here's my question. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're here this morning, you have an opportunity to be saved. If you're hearing my voice online, you have an opportunity to be saved. Here's from our brothers and sisters. Are there things in your life right now that you need to wait on the Lord? You've been trying to work them out on your own. Instead of just taking a step back and saying, God, I'm trusting you. I'm not going to try to work this out on my own. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to patiently endure. And I'm going to wait on you. You know, how, you know what you do? You lay those things at his feet. And you agree with God. And you say, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to endure. I'm going to endure. If that's you this morning, what can you do? You can come. You can come and get down on your knees confess those things to god i'm gonna ask you to stand if you need to come today you can let's pray lord jesus i thank you god this morning for your word this is not a message that i I just fail at this lord and i there's so many times in my life i don't wait on you and so thankful for the one example i could think of where i did a little bit i guess lord (laughs) because there's so many where i don't and so lord i pray that you just grow this in me this patience with how i handle people when i'm upset um Maybe when I've been sinned against with my children, with, with you, just trusting in you completely and not trying to work things out on my own, but just trusting in you that you got it. And I just need to step out of the way. So Lord, if there's people here this morning that, are, that don't know you, I pray today that they understand what you did for them, that you went to the cross and died, took our sins upon yourself. For my brothers and sisters here this morning, if there's things in their life that They're trying to work out on their own, and it's just not going well. That they get down on their knees and they step out of the equation, and they just turn it over to you and trust in you. And when we do that, it does work out well. Because you tell us that all things will work together for good when we love you. In your name I do pray. Amen. Oh yeah. Right, those ladies are going to continue to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and have uh, Billy, if you would come up here, and Jordan, come up here. Uh, Billy uh, has, has come this morning. I know he's already had a, a good visit with Mike Estelle uh, about this. Uh, but he's coming, and he's professing Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And he is going to be baptized today uh, down at the river And he's going through discipleship and all those uh, good things. And so uh, just pray for him as he's leading his family. Do you have anything, sir, you want to say? Okay. All right. Uh, I want you to stay here because I want you to come around and congratulate him. Uh, And Jordan, come on up here, Jordan. Jordan came forward last night uh, at our freeway service and has professed Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And... So what we do, uh, church, this is what we do, because this is the most important thing. Uh, if, and I'm not talking that Jordan hasn't been saved, but he's going to get to meet with Mike Simons uh, and answer some questions. Because here's what we do. Uh, if, if somebody was uh, a Muslim, and they came forward this morning, and I asked them, do you believe in Jesus? You know what they're going to say? Yes. They're going to say Yes. But what they believe about Jesus is completely different than what a Bible-believing Christian believes about Jesus, right? So when, somebody, when I ask somebody, hey, do you believe in Jesus? And they say yes, does that mean they're saved? No. And so we want to have a conversation with people We want to find out, what do they believe about Jesus? What they have understanding about Jesus? Now, I'm very sure, because he's been in the freeway program, and he heard the sermon last night, and he's been talking with people that he knows the right Jesus. But when somebody says, I want to be baptized or I've been saved, they get a personal one-on-one meeting with one of the elders of this church. uh, Because it's important. That's very, very important. So he's going to have that, and then we'll be baptizing him another day. uh, And I know he's going through discipleship, but I still want you to come around and congratulate Jordan uh, and Billy on what they're doing. Billy's wanting to join the church. Also, we'll be starting a new member class uh, again uh, coming up in October. So, you have anything, Jordan, you want to say? No? Okay. All right. All right, so here's what I'm ask. Max Hartman, would you do me a favor? Would you stand out th- this morning and shake people's hand? Do you have to get changed? You do too, don't you? All right. Alan Greenfield, I'm going to make you really out of your comfort zone this morning, brother. Would you go outside and shake people's hands as they leave this morning? Alan Greenfield is one of our elders, one of my good friends. Uh, he gets to shake your hands this morning because I'm getting changed, my getting changed, and Max is getting changed for baptism. So about ten minutes after the close here, we will be heading down... To Greer Creek, okay? So Alan is going to shake your hand. If you can't come to baptism, everybody make sure when you go through, you shake Alan's hand, you give that guy a big hug, okay? For me. Just say, this is from Pastor Jeff and give him a big hug, all right? Psalms 103.8 is the benediction. It says this. I want you to remember this. If you remember one thing from today, remember this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger And abounding in steadfast love. Man, He is merciful to us. He's gracious. He is slow to anger. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. And He is abounding in love. Wow, that's amazing. It's an exciting day for the church when we have baptism. Guys, it's an exciting day. So please, if you've never came to a baptism, come to baptism today. Uh, It's just right outside of town, follow the big line of cars, and come to to baptism on how we do baptism at the creek. We have a baptistry. I'm not crazy about the baptistry. I'm a country guy who likes to jump in the creek. Any opportunity we can get in the creek, let's go get in the creek, okay? Uh, But that's what we have today. So, Mike, would you close us in prayer?
3: Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise you, Lord, for what you're doing here in Marshall, Missouri, Lord. Uh, Lord, you're still actively and long-suffering and patient uh, and and wanting people to come into a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And we are grateful that today, Lord, we celebrate uh, two people, Lord, that uh, are making their public profession today, that they're going to follow you, and that uh, we got to be a very small part of that. And so, Lord, just thank you, and we praise you that all the things that you're doing uh, through your church here in Marshfield, and and also, Lord, for the things that you're going to allow us to do here in the future. Things are, Lord, uh, it's getting worse and worse every day, and and Lord, and we are the ones that are supposed to be light and salt, and so help us do that today as we go out of here, and we'll give you the praise no matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, because you're worthy, and we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name, amen.
1: Last thing, just a reminder, if you want to sponsor the flooring for the Women's Freeway House, come see me. $3,000 will do it. I believe somebody can do it. Let's get it done.